Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri. Yeah, it's a beautiful Saturday morning. Snow. What else? It's western New York. I'm a little ticked off this morning. I bought a snowblower last year, brand new, and uh, we didn't get much snow, so I hardly used it. Uh, this morning, go up to fire it up. Guess what? Won't start. I don't need this. <laughs> Any gas in it? Yeah, yeah, I put gas in it, and I ran the gas out last year uh, like I was advised to, so there's nothing in it, and it just won't won't catch. So now I've got to dig deep into the pockets and get it fixed, and it's has me aggravated right before Christmas. This is all I need. But anyway, we are going to be talking about, uh, we are going to be talking with Canisius Football. We're going to celebrate their Catholic State Championship. We have Coach Rich Robbins. We have Bryce Hopkins in studio. Uh, Frank Wolf is here. I don't know where Roger is. <laughs> I hope he's safe. He's driving around somewhere. Uh, but, uh, Roger, if you're listening, just be careful uh, coming in. You know what? I didn't get much sleep last night, Tony. My son, two years old, thought everybody in the house should watch Cars for the 500th time. Well, I can't blame him there. At 12.30 in the morning. Yeah, that's a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, I get to do that with Dora Christmas. Fell asleep at 3.30. Yeah. For some reason, my daughter doesn't like to sleep. I think she's allergic to it. No, I want to stay up. No, go to bed. I need to sleep. All right, Roger did make it, and that was clunk was Roger. And now he's standing up like, all right, where do I sit? All right, before we get going, let's get into news and notes, uh, Frank. And we do have news and notes. Okay, high school hoops action. Three players in Western New York reached that pinnacle milestone, 1,000 points. They were Kendall Mills of Kenmore East, Rayanne White of Lakeshore, and Tavion Kemp from Walsh. Uh, congratulations to those three. Ad Pro Public Private... Uh, challenge going down at Depew wraps up today. Uh, there's five games left. I know that, uh, let's see, Canisius and Jamestown are at 7 o'clock tonight. That could be a big one. And then you got Chictawaga Park School going at it as well. Ken Watts, St. Francis, a few other games. Uh, Fredonia and Walsh kick it off at noon, 1230, somewhere in there today. Uh, wrestling. Last weekend, Joe Ramuno of West Seneca East was named Outstanding Wrestler at the 31st Annual OP Invitational. Congrats to Joe. And I found this website uh, during the week called armdrag.com slash madburn. For Section 6 wrestling, all the results, all the schedules, the tourneys, go to armdrag.com slash madburn. You'll see every single team in western New York there. Uh, there's two tourneys going on today, John Vesper Memorial Duels at Clarence and then Southern Tier Wrestling Officials Tournament down in Salamanca. Uh, Fed Hockey update, uh, Olivia Smith, Ken w- Kenmore Grand Island team, became the all-time leading goal scorer. In team history with 113, had three goals, three assists against Williamsville earlier in the week. And yesterday, six teams from the boys entered the weekend undefeated. But thanks to OP taking down the Marauders, St. Joe's, 
I got Kinesis in the studio here. They're smiling. <laughs> they took down St. Joe's, a powerhouse 3-2 last night, so now there's only five teams left undefeated. Some big games going on this weekend at Buff State, Lancaster OP, Hamburg Will North. Uh, Ken West puts their 4-0 undefeated record on the line out at West Seneca West on Sunday. That'll be a big one. Canisius Ken East on Sunday. Boys soccer, Pa Lu from iPrep. Earned All-American honors from National Soccer Coach Association of America. Congrats to him. Western New York Athlete of the Week was Mike Stefan from Williamsville East. He's a beast on the ice. Had a hell of a week. And then happy birthday to the voice of Cheektawaga, Jack Cruiser. Yeah. He's been on the show in the past. According to his Facebook page, the junior turned 28 yesterday. Congrats, Jack. <laughs> and h- happy belated birthday to our buddy Bryce Hopkins in studio. As I was kidding him before the program, uh, he's getting old. Raj? 28. He's almost as old as Markel. Let's not go there. Uh, let's see. This is from uh, Coach Pags at ECC. He sent me this. Uh, big congratulations. They have three All-Americans voted by the NJCAA. Uh, Tarek Johnson from Liberty made first team offensive lineman. Uh, Christian Cheatham from Lackawanna, second team uh, defensive back. And Jack Pope from Livonia, honorable mention defensive line. 14 players with offers to continue their careers and three All-Americans. They're doing a great job at ECC. Congratulations to them. Okay, sorry I'm late, uh, listeners, and Anthony especially. Uh, did you mention that we will not be on the air next Saturday yet? I did not. Uh, let's see. We will be off next Saturday. The following Saturday, the 31st, we will have uh, Nate Butel and uh, Brian Baker from Wilson in studio. We're going to talk girls basketball on that day. But next week, we are off for Christmas. The Bills are playing that Saturday, so uh, you know Nate will probably be on the air, and you'll be able to catch that. But we're going to get an actual Gee, Saturday such a disgusted off. look, Nate. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day. Anyway, I just want to, since we won't be here next week, I want to plug uh, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, in between the holidays. A lot of these uh, high schools have their uh, basketball tournaments. I know the girls that will be at Ken West on, uh, I believe, the 28th and the 29th. Uh, the OP will have their tournament. Maryvale has a, a tournament. A lot of tournaments going on. Uh, follow the news. We'll try to put it on the Facebook page this week as to what exactly tournaments will be going on between, you know, the week between the holidays, between Christmas Day and New Year's Eve. Quite a few local basketball tournaments for you junkies if you want to get out there. A lot of great stuff on our Facebook page, Frank. Uh Constantly putting good stuff up there, so check it out. Information on there for you. We're still looking for throwback uh, pictures. If any pictures of you that you had from when you played, no matter what sport, post it on our page. Uh, we love that throwback stuff. It uh, it's neat. It, you know, you look at uh, you know maybe a baseball team from the '80s or '70s or something like that. And it's just something about it that that I like, and it seems to be very popular with our uh, readers. You want a throwback picture when Dirt and I were going to Kensington? Can we go that far back? If you want, sure. Okay. I didn't know they had photography back then. Uh, everybody's a comedian. <laughs> you guys didn't know that we have comedians on this show, did you? <laughs> we're here all week. <laughs> we'll be here all week. Try, try the liver. It's fantastic. All right. We're welcoming Coach Rich Robbins, uh, state champions again. But you took a year off. Uh, you guys were kind of tired last year. You needed a break. Yeah, you know, it uh, didn't go our way last year. St. Francis uh, had a heck of a team, but uh, I think, you know, obviously last year 
kind of motivated everybody and, and got us ready for, uh, you know, the 2016 campaign to make sure that, uh, you know, we got back on top. I wanted to, uh, uh, before we get into, I want to talk about the championship game, which was pretty wild. I didn't get to see it, unfortunately, but from what I read about it, it uh, it sounded like uh, a barn burner, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But something I wanted to talk to you about as, as a coach, and that is it seems like there's a drive by the national media uh, to go after football. And I was uh, reading a report from ABC News, and it talked about concussions, and it gave percentage of high school kids that uh, that get concussions during the season, and actually calling for a ban on high school football, wanting to eliminate it altogether. And I think what we're we're seeing is um, misrepresentation. And how they present themselves. They they try, you know, when, when you see a report or you read one, they, they paint the picture that there's a concussion in every practice, every game, all throughout the season. You know, by the end of the year, all that's left is the water boy and the towel boy. And I think it's unfair the way they, they paint the picture of uh, high school football. And then they'll throw in, you know, how practices were 30 years ago. They don't take into account what heads up football is doing today. Uh, a lot of uh, the schools, including you guys, are, are uh, involved with heads up football, which is a safer way of playing the game. And the game is so much safer now than it was when I played. I mean, it's not even close as to how safe it is. You know, we had our Little League season this past year, not one serious injury. Uh, I don't know how it went for you guys as far as injuries goes or as far as concussions go. But I think we're getting a... a uh, uh, Overemphasis on it. We're, we're we're painting that picture that it that it's, it's just not safe. Uh, do you see that? You know, I, I think the the biggest thing that you, that you hit on um, was how much safer it is now. Um, I do think that you know some changes you know needed to be made and and more attention needed to be given to it, and that that's certainly happened um, from professional football all the way down to youth football. You know, over the last ten, fifteen, twenty years. So I think the safety now is at an all time high, just because of coaches' awareness. Um, the medical trainers' awareness, the concussion protocols that have been added. Uh, I know that at our school, uh, all of our athletes are impact tested. You know, before the se- season to get a baseline test on them. All of our coaches are, you know, heads up certified and concussion certified. So, um, you know, the awareness of it and the way that we all work at it to keep these guys safe has certainly changed. As far as you know, practice goes. When we start camp, you know, in August, there is some uh, tackling drills and, and, and things like that. But we've already spent, you know, a lot of time in the summer. If we have, you know, workouts or running, we'll do a little bit of just, you know, form tackling, walk through stuff so they start to learn it, you know, make sure they're doing it the right way. Um, and then as we move through the season, I mean, there's not even that much live hitting anymore, at least not in our program. It's a lot more bag work and shield work. Um, we have some pretty uh, cool technology that's come out as far as the tackle tubes. And I think everybody's seen the, the dummies that kind of roll on wheels now that, you know, we've, well, you know, thinking about getting one of those too. So, but the tackle tube that you roll across the ground and it kind of simulates how you go and you make a nice form tackle and you keep your head out of it. Um, all those things have led to a safer game and also the officials. Um, the officials have done a great job of, you know, calling the targeting, really making a point of emphasis on head-to-head contact the last few years. So all coaches and players and everyone are aware now that if there's any head contact going out there, it, it's going to get the penalty flag every time. So a lot of those things, I think, have led to, you know, changing the game to make it a lot safer for these guys. I'm a member of NASO. That's the league that, <laughs> that we are in. And even our officials are concussion certified. And they pay for that out of their own pocket. So if they see something on the field, they have the authority 
authority to tell the coach to remove that player until a trainer clears that player to return. Absolutely. And we saw that happen. Uh, you know, a couple of times this year where, where an official got involved or uh, the me- medical trainer got involved and, and a kid that's not quite right, you get them right out of the game. And, and I think that's a huge, you know, point that makes everybody a lot safer, too, because it's really that second hit, you know, the third hit, the next time you get hit, you know, that's when you can really hurt yourself. Um, so the way they keep their eye on that now is a lot better than it used to be. Yeah, and I bring this up all the time. Pete Carroll has a video out there, and he's pushing for rugby-style tackling, head to the side, so you're no longer leading with the head. So there's more and more safety issues. And as you said, the hitting, uh, once the season starts, is at a minimum. Yeah. You know, they're not yeah. doing bull in the ring anymore in practice. No, and, and, you know, and with the limited number of guys you have, you're not looking to get a bunch of guys hurt, you know, during the year, during practice. So it's still important that you, you know, you're physical and you do the work, but there is drills and ways to do a lot of those things um, and get ready for game day without having to smash, you know, into each other's heads all day Yeah, long. the mindset has changed. It's no longer, well, we have to thump, thump, thump every day to toughen them up. That's not the case anymore. No, and, you know, there always has to be some element of that. This is still a physical game. Right. Um, and, and you need to teach the tackling and the hitting because if you don't teach it at all, you're setting them up uh, for danger as well. But I think that leads back to youth football and the attack on, on youth football because if we don't teach the proper skills uh, and the tackling techniques to these guys when they're young and almost too small to, to really, you know, put a lick on each other and hurt each other, that's when it's important to be right. getting those fundamentals and learn the game the right way so you know how to keep your head out of the game and make tackles the right way once you're a, you know, six foot 200-pound senior in high school um, and are out there really hitting some people. Yeah, you have to, I mean, it, it does start at our level and, you know, again, with the heads up. Just to get certified and, and you know what it's like and you sit down and, and you go through the videos and the instructions and they show you step by step what the proper technique is, all designed for safety. And plus, you look at the equipment that's out today where the helmets are so much better than they were with the suspension helmets that we used back in the day. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, all the safety factors that we talk about are there. Um but, you know, it's not volleyball, you know, so it's still parents still have concern. And I talk to a lot of folks every year at our open house or just, you know, out in the community about football and safety. And and I still think the good outweighs the bad. You know, Do you the, see uh, numbers pretty much the same gone down or gone up as far as interest in the game? Um, you know, it's it's uh, it fluctuates a little bit, but I, I it's down a little bit. It is, you know, you see a lot of freshman football uh, teams have folded. Um, across Buffalo, there's there's not a lot of freshman football left being played. I think you know our sign up sheets um, are are a little less than they've been, but it's not um, 20 or 30 kids less, but it's definitely five or 10 kids less um, at every level. But if that you know trend continues, obviously over the next few years, it it could get to a place where you know it's hard to for everybody to field teams. You see some of the smaller schools you know folding up or not being able to field a team, and and the kids are. Are in, and it's lacrosse, it's rugby, it's other sports that have gotten bigger around like sure. New York and Buffalo that, that give kids another outlet, and it, those are physical games too. So um, you, you do see it drop a little bit, but there's still a lot of kids out there that love football and want to play football. The bottom line is, are they having fun? And that's it. You know, They're having fun, but they're also developing as young men. I know that kids that come into you know our program are better off when they leave us better sons, better brothers, you know, better husbands, better fathers. It's about man training. It's about teaching these guys to be accountable, to show up on time for things, to to take care of other people, to to be a man of their word. I mean, all those life lessons that I learned from my football coaches that we're now able to instill in these guys, you know, I think is very important. And that's what I was saying before. When the when the bad outweighs the good, I'll quit. 
I won't coach the game anymore, but the good still outweighs the bad. The development these guys get, the bonds that they make, the relationships they form is still far outweighs the, the risk of, of getting a concussion out there. Well, and I could go back to uh, Ray Turpin, our president, uh, sitting us down and going over uh, not just football, but life lessons and how to be a man like you talk, you know, how to treat people. and That stuff's very important. So it's not just the X's and O's that you're learning. It's how to be a man. No, absolutely. And if you can get, you know, young men to be accountable in that way off the field, the on the field stuff comes, you know, pretty naturally. Being on time for your block, making a tackle, you know, doing the things that we rely on you to do in a football field. If you're an accountable person, you're an accountable, you know, student athlete as well. Raj? My biggest question is for these people uh, that have their sons opt not to play football. My first question is, okay, what are they going to be doing spending their, how are they going to be spending their time when uh, during the time they would have been playing football? Are they going to be at the library? And if you nod your head, yes, you're uh, only fooling yourself. They'll be playing video games and uh, well, stuff video like that. games or you know walking the streets or you know Pokemon Go, whatever. We, you know, we see that too. Where when when these guys are in a sport football, basketball, baseball, whatever it might be, and it has structure, and the coaches have study halls, and you have coaches monitoring their academic grades and making sure that everything's going well, they do a lot better than when they're not playing a sport or they're not being watched, and they leave the building every day at 2.30, and, and then, like Roger said, who knows, they go and, and do whatever they're going to do. So, Let's talk about the championship game, uh, a wild one for sure. Tell us, uh, kind of break it down for us how it went. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have almost 100 points and, and over 1,000 yards of <laughs> offense, it's, uh, I think it was a lot more exciting for the fans than probably the coaching staffs. Uh, yeah, I've noticed know. you've lost a little bit more hair. Yeah, a little bit on the top. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, you know, games like that will uh, that, do that. Oh, but, sure. Uh, you know, they were, they were a fantastic team, and they were really hitting their stride. They were playing with a ton of confidence. You know, they have a quarterback that's going to West Point. So not only is he a great athlete, but he's a smart kid. He's a good operator. I mean, he was audibling and really kind of controlling things out there. Had you get my attention when you mention somebody going to West Point. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's a terrific player. But, you know, I met him before, talked to him a little bit before the game. He's you know, looks right in the eye and shakes your hand. He's a solid young man. And, you know, he wouldn't be going to West Point if he wasn't. So exactly. They had Division One talent all over the field, you know, especially receivers, kid going to Rutgers, another kid who sat in New York State records this year that I'm sure have a lot of offers coming in next year. You know, they've got a six foot eight, 350-pound offensive talent tackle and a bunch of other uh you know big guys up front so they were very dynamic on offense they they you know they scored a lot of points through the whole season and uh you know we had obviously hoped to slow them down a little bit more than we did but uh, luckily our offense made it just a couple more plays than theirs so what did you see in uh, watching game film that uh had you guys ready you know um we, we thought we could score. You know, they had been giving up a lot of points all year. I mean, they play totally split squads, so I think their decision is maybe to not be as talented everywhere, um, especially on defense, but that they were going to outscore people and kind of get out there and, and score a lot of points. So um, that was kind of the plan. We knew they were going to be a dy dynamic offense. We knew we'd have to try to slow them down a little bit. We thought we could score. We certainly didn't think they would score as much as they did, um, but they did a real nice job of pressing the pace. I think being split squad helps them really go fast, and they went quick but they really went fast for us. I mean, the referees were barely getting the box set, getting the yard markers up, and they're already snapping the ball, you know, running another play. So that makes it hard for a defense to, to blitz or adjust or change the calls or, you know, roll the different coverages. Basically had to rely on the guys out there on the field to kind of just, you know, check a few things and get us lined up and play because they were going really Not fast. Not to mention their conditioning. Yeah, and, and their split squad. 
you know, at, at Canisius, we, we try to be split squad, but you always end up having, you know, a few guys playing both ways just because even playing both ways, they're, they're, you know, the best choice for the position. I mean, we put the best 11 out there. That's what we always talk about. Offense, defense, special teams, the best 11 kids. Sometimes that's five of the same guys. So as we had some guys going both ways and they didn't, you know, I think that was definitely part of their game plan was to push the pace on us and, uh, you know, try to get us tired. But luckily, you know, we do focus a lot on, on conditioning and, and running, and, and we you know, made sure that we were as ready as we could before it. Take us through the ending of the game. Um, you know, they were driving down, and, you know, he kind of had a run-pass option, and he saw a kid in the end zone wide open, um, and, and he, he threw the ball, and we were surprised he threw it, but he did. And, you know, because if they catch that touchdown, it's game over, they win right there. But Cole Berniston made a, you know, great play. He undercut the pass and made a kind of one-handed uh, interception in the end zone and you know wish he would have taken a knee but uh, you know he was thinking we're losing I gotta go so he ends up getting tackled about the seven yard line so now we've we, you know we've got our work cut out for us I think about a minute and minute and a half minute and 20 something like that and uh, you know 93 yards to go so the boys made some great plays uh, got us down in position we lined up to kick a field goal on fourth down and uh, we went on two um, you know coach Hopkins and those guys made a great call tried to get him to jump and they did um, so I that, love doing that. <laughs> that gave us another opportunity, you know, because they had really been aggressive. They had blocked a kick earlier in the game, so they were really coming after it. So we thought a nice hard count there could get them, and it did. Uh, so we had about 17 seconds left at that point. It was a first down. So, you know, I didn't hesitate. Our offense had been playing great all day, and I thought they could make a play. Um, we knew we could probably still kick it with Blake if we needed to, but we, we thought with 17 seconds we could take a couple shots at the end zone. So Jace's instructions were to throw it into the end zone or out of the back of the end zone because we certainly didn't want to throw it in bounds and, and get tackled and watch the time run out you know, on our season. So, Do you go with, a, as a coach, do you go with a play that you do very well or do you go with a play that you believe exposes the defense? At that particular time, I mean, there's school of thought on both. Depends on the down and distance, the situation, the success you've had with different things. But I'll tell you specifically in that situation, they had one corner who was about six two, six three, um, you know, a, a good jumper, good athlete, and they had another corner who was a young kid, freshman or sophomore, I think actually, only about five nine, five ten. So we decided with Paul Woods and Zeke Margaritas, two of our you know wide receivers who we who we trust and can really kind of play above the rim and have great leaping ability. Um, you know, we said whoever gets the shorter corner, that's where we're going to go. So Paul Woods had had a had a heck of a game. I mean, he had like nine catches, three touchdowns. So they sent the better of the two corners that way. So Zeke got his opportunity, um, and Jace made a nice ball. You know, threw it up to him, and, and Zeke went and high pointed the ball, made the touchdown catch, and uh, it was it was a great moment for us. Amazing, absolutely amazing. All right, let's take a break, and we'll get to know some of the players, get to meet some of the players. After this, you're listening to Inside High School Sports. Also walking in, dropped it back, and it's the running score! Rasmus Ristolainen strikes again! And a great performance in goal from Robin Leather leads Buffalo to a come-from-behind win in The call from last night's 3-2 come from behind victory in overtime at home to beat the Islanders' Kyle Oposo. He assisted on Ristolainen's game winner. He was facing off against former his former team for the first time since joining the Sabres in July. Great play by Kyle. It was a two-on-one they were chasing back to get to, and, and Risto was slapping a stick on the ice, and you can round it up. It's 11 times. 
Um, Kyle makes great play and, and Reese still scores a goal. Sabres coach Dan Biles there. The Sabres hit the road immediately following last night's victory. They'll face off against the Hurricane tonight. Face off set for 7 p.m. pregame coverage getting underway at 6 right here on the radio home of the Sabres, WGR Sports Radio 550. To the Bills now, they host the 0-13 Cleveland Browns amidst rumors that Rex Ryan's job may be in jeopardy. You know what? I'm not even I'm not even close to going there. I just know I'm playing. You know that that I'm coaching against Cleveland on Sunday, and that that's really where it is. Coverage of Bills Browns start at 7 a.m. leads you right up into the kick at 1 p.m. The call right here on WGR with Murphy, Markelso, and Sal Capaccio from New Era Field. Now to some local college basketball where the Big Four Classic gets underway this afternoon at Key Bank Center, Niagara versus St. Bonaventure. That gets underway right here on WGR at 1 p.m. Todd Callen, he'll have the call on that one. Then UB versus Canisius. That one's at 3.30. Coverage of Bulls Griffs gets underway at 2.30. That's on our sister station ESPN 1520. For updates at the top and bottom of every hour or when sports news breaks, I'm Nate Geary. This is WGR Sports Radio 550. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, get you in the holiday spirit. I'm sure a lot of you be out there Christmas shopping after. <laughs> Wait for it to start to melt a little bit, then get out there. Be careful when you do. It'll allow a lot of room for me to get in and out of the stores. <laughs> You're, we're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. I'm Tony Kelleger, along with Frank Wolf, Roger Weiss. We have head coach Rich Robbins of Canisius. Bryce Hopkins, he's somewhere in the background back there. And we have uh, we have our Canisius players that we're going to get to know right now. Coach, who do we have first? Uh, first, we've got our you know All-American kicker over there, headed to Ohio State, uh, Blake Hobbio. All right, Raj, go ahead. Get it out of the way. What's that? About Blake. Go ahead. That, that, that his mother... Had the wherewithal to uh, marry the son of a Kensington grand? Thank you. Okay, just wondering. <laughs> yeah, I had to let him get it out of his way. Yeah, he's, he was leaning into the mic. I could tell he, he was. You notice he was I ready. gave kudos to uh, uh, Brooke and not to Rick, right? Yeah. Uh, Rick, I know you're listening. Eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> Blake, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you in here. Uh, we've talked about you plenty of times. I mean, you're going big Division One football, and uh, you're, you're kind of big for a kicker, though. Yeah, a little bigger. I came into the uh, camp week a little bigger than I wanted to, believe it or not. A little over 230, but after uh, <laughs> after the two weeks, I got back down to my uh, 225, right where I wanted to be. Now, we were debating. What's your longest field goal? Uh, in a game, it was 61 last year. We had the uh, you know opportunity, big big point in the game, and it was just great that you know the unit could execute, and we ended up winning that game 2017. So it was a big... Uh, big point of the season for us in practices what's the longest that you've hit from oh i believe i think we hit from what coach hopkins like 60 68 i think in a warm-up oh my god um yeah we, we we tried we tried some from uh some pretty deeper range because you know uh people don't understand sometimes i know you know coaches know it that you know a, a missed field goal from you know a, say 65 yards uh, if it goes in the end zone, it's the same as a punt, like a touchback. Right. So you know, it's a you know we could we knew we could, you know maybe we could have some times where you know we could try a deep one and not get you know too penalized for it if we missed. For kicking, is it more strength or is it more timing? Well, it's a little bit of everything. Um, I think I think a big thing is flexibility too. You know, you got to be extremely flexible. 
Um, you know, I know I'm constantly working on my flexibility, but the other thing is, you know, getting everybody on board. I know my snapper and holder, Jack Baldwin and Alex Adamy, put in endless hours this offseason with me. And, you know, you got to get, you know, the other besides them. I know there are about eight guys left on the well, field. Well, three of you have to click at once is exactly. basically it. Exactly, exactly. And you need, um, you know, blocking too. And, you know, I think that was evident this year. We made every every extra point attempt we attempted. And it was just huge for us because, you know, whenever you get, you know, guys like that, you know, that have the mindset of, you know, and understand how important it is to – the uh, you know the outcome of game it's just it's just great. Raj, what I want to chime in and they never talk about too much when they talk about place kickers. Yeah, there's a difference. They got a place kicker. They have a guy that can kick field goals from 35 yards. The thing that impresses me is after Kanisha scores, literally, why bother with even having a kickoff? Why don't you just have the team first and ten from the 20 yard line? Because he's going to put it in the end zone. And some of these games and. Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on Monsignor Martin, but uh, for those of you, and I don't know if you guys scouted the game between Timon and St. Francis. Remember the kick, Bryce, remember the kickoffs? That was obscene. That was disgusting. What? Every, what? It was like every kickoff, and I mean, what was that, 52 to 44 or something? Whatever the score was, it was like the score of the state championship game or close. Every one of them looked like an outside kick. The team that get the kickoff, what? At their own 45-yard line? You know, there's a, the 25-yard difference on that, there's a lot more chance for that offense to make a stupid mistake and give the ball away in territory. This, to me, his ability to kick the ball into the end zone every time is just as big a weapon as it is to kick the field goal. No, absolutely. You know, Blake and, and Michael Tarbett, you know, before him, a lot of our defensive success and, and turnovers and, and scores and have come off of being able to make every offense we play pretty much have to go 80 yards. In high school, that's a big deal because a lot of times offense get points because they start the ball at midfield or it's a, it's a, like Roger said, it's a bad squib kick or, you know, you got some pretty dynamic athletes back there. Usually, usually a team's best two athletes are back there waiting for you to kick the ball to them, right. you know, so they can do what they do. So to avoid that liability and to put it in the end zone every time was a huge asset to our program. Oh, I can see. <laughs> you want to kick for my team next year? Uh, a lot of kickers have soccer backgrounds. Do you have a soccer background? Yeah, I do have a soccer background. Uh, for playing, I played. I started soccer at you know four years old, pretty young age, and I stopped around fourteen because you know it's kind of tough playing both sports. You know, you you have some habits in soccer that you don't like in football, and vice versa. So uh, yeah, I did start off at a very young age for soccer. Now, uh, for our listeners who haven't been uh, paying too much attention, where are you headed to college? I'm headed to uh, The Ohio State University. <laughs> oh, no. He's a Michigan guy. Oh, come on. Oh, my oh, wife is cheering on. right now. She's going, yeah, we're going to get a kicker. <laughs> uh, quick question. Are you like one of these, like, uh, was it Mia Ham or something after they won the World Cup? Uh, went to the Kansas City uh, training camp and was kicking 40-yard field goals with both legs. Can you kick with your left foot? Kick a little with my left foot. I think I actually had a bet with Coach Hopkins during the during the week. I said if I make this extra point with my left foot, you have to run a full gasser. <laughs> I think it actually went in. It went in by a few yards. So did he? But he still doesn't run the gasser. Yeah, he still he still doesn't run the run the gasser. Come on, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who do we have next, Coach? Uh, next team captain. Um, one of the best leaders we've ever had in our program. You know, he makes all the all the players around him tougher. He makes them all better. Uh, played outside linebacker, defensive end for us, as well as you know, fullback um, Mason Hoos. All right, Mason, I've heard a lot about you. A man of all trades. What position do you prefer to play? 
Uh, I prefer to be on the defensive side. Uh, I like playing back or defensive end because I just like to get in there and go hunt for the ball. You'd rather be up uh, with your, you know, standing up, or do you like having one hand on the ground? I like to stand. I, I the only time I really go on the ground is uh, when I'm interior, but I'm usually outside on two feet. Do you have a signature move that you like, like a rip, uh, you know, a, a swim move that you, uh, you know, a pull push? Uh, yeah, my favorite rush. move is probably the push pull. That's, I like to hit that a lot because that way you can engage and then you can read the play quicker. And do you like setting up? You uh, do you like setting up the blockers for one move uh, or another? I mean, when you're rushing, you just need to keep changing up until you find out what's working on the tackle. What would you say is your biggest strength? Your first step? Your physical strength? Your uh, vision? Um, I'd probably say my strength is um, just finding the ball. I uh, usually just have a good nose to try and get the ball. He's a great wrestler, too. So he understands. That helps on defense. He understands a lot. body position. He understands where to put his hands. He's got really fast hands. He's got a really quick kind of first move, like if he was going to shoot you know, somebody's leg. So. Um, you know, those things all help him. And then, you know, like Mason said, he loves to hunt the ball. I mean, we have film of him making tackles 20, 30 yards downfield on the opposite side of the field. He's a guy that sprints to the football until the whistle blows. But you still have to be disciplined if he's calling you to seal on the other side and you're going uh, hog wild to the other side of the field and somebody cuts it back, you're not home, hello. <laughs> so that's something you got to be careful of. What do you, what's your plans after high school? Um, I'm I'm not sure yet. I'd, I'd probably like to play football. I'm just waiting to see um, what scholarship opportunity I have. But I also have a opportunities wrestling, too, so I'm not sure what I would do. Are you one of those guys where when it's in wrestling season, that's your favorite sport? When it's football season, that's your favorite sport? It's like you're constantly changing your mind? I mean, I, I do, but I usually favor football just because I like the camaraderie and all the friends that I've made through the game and everything that I've learned. All right. Who do we have next, Coach? Uh, next him is another team captain, uh, Jeremy Syke. He played uh, tight end for us on offense. Did a, did a ton of great blocking for us. Um, was also a starting linebacker for us. Kind of, you know, captain of the defense. He's a he's a super smart kid. He has a high nineties average at Canisius. So to have him and our other linebacker Stephen Dillon, who's also a ninety something student, have those guys out there, you know, was great for our D coordinator because you know you can really trust these guys to line us up and get us in the right things. And you know they're both great teammates, great players. But Jeremy's a super physical kid, um, tough kid. You know he played our our toughest spot in our defense, honestly which is our field outside linebacker because you got to be able to cover the pass. you got to be able to come up and make tackles in the run. And he's also calling the signals and things out there for us too. So uh, Jeremy Syke we brought with us today. So Jeremy, a lot of reading on your part and knowing what the other team's tendencies are, uh, knowing when to drop back and as opposed to when to rush? Uh, definitely. Every week uh, during practice we'd prep the game plan for what we were going to do for every team. And mostly um, my main thing was just to watch the tackle, read him. If he blocks down, I go. I know it's a run. He steps back. I know it's a pass. Get him pass coverage. So just reading the keys um, was important for everything to do. Any teams give you a challenge as far as uh, uh, you know when you're dropping into coverage in uh, guarding the tight end? Oh, or? yeah, uh, definitely. The RPO, read pass option. Some teams can, will black down, like do a little pull. And uh, they'll fake the run, but they'll step back and pass. So that would fool me all the time. But um, I'd be able to read it, step back, and try to defend the pass as best as I could. If you had to pick out one game or one play that uh, uh, that you would say, this is my highlight, what would you pick? Uh, I'd definitely say the last play of the game, Fordham, at Fordham University State Championship, made the last tackle of the game. 
I just amazing, great memory to have. Absolutely. Uh, what's your plans after high school? Uh, right now I'm looking at different schools for mechanical engineering. Maybe I'll be able to play football. We'll see how that goes. So we'll see. School's first, though, right? Exactly. All right, Raj? Quick question for these two defensive specialists. What is it like playing against somebody that I was so impressed with this year? I only saw him once, but it was the St. Francis game. What's it like playing against the Matt Myers? Um, I mean, playing against Matt Myers, you really have to be careful because he can do pretty much anything. He can run, he can pass. So you really just have to be careful, read your keys, and make sure you don't get caught. Rods must not have watched him that much. He plays for timing. <laughs> you know, the timing St. Francis game you said you watched, is that what you were saying? That's the game you watched? No, you, th- you said St. Francis. St. Francis. You said he played for St. Francis, Raj. I was, you know. Okay, I just want to make sure. All right. Let's take a break, guys. When we come back, we'll have one last segment of Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. Roger on piano, Frank on guitar, Nate on drums. Anthony, it's 2000, almost 17. It's keyboard. It's not piano. This is piano. It's not a keyboard. You've obviously not watched Trans-Siberian Orchestra. No, but still it's keyboard, whether it's a grand piano or, you know, the electric whatever. It's keyboard. Thank you, Elton John. I appreciate that. (laughs) We're talking with the Canisius football team in here. Coach, who do we have next? Uh, last guy, certainly not least, another team captain, Raekwon Greer. Um, played corner for us all year, was a leader for us on defense, and also uh, played running back for us. You know, he was a defensive kid kind of growing up his whole life, but when he figured out this year he could hit people on offense too. When he's Ooh, got the that's ball, fun. When he's got the ball in his hands, he, he became a, a dynamic running back for us and, and really had a great season leading us on both sides of the ball. Pound for pound, one of the toughest kids we've ever had at Canisius. People don't realize how tough it is to play defensive back. Especially in high school, uh, is that a big challenge for you, or had it been a big challenge for you? Um, when I first started, it was a it was a, a little difficult just learning um, the calls and coverages and looking at like certain keys. But um, eventually, it kind of slowed down once you got once you get to learn it. It slows down. You get a little bit more comfortable with it. Yeah. Uh, you know how your body has to transition from a back pedal to a sprint. Uh, there's a lot involved in it, and you also have to have a short memory. Correct. Correct. So if somebody beats you, well, it happened, it's over, let's move on. You can't sit there and dwell on it. Uh, pick a game that uh, that would be your highlight. If you were to send it out, say, yeah, this game was me. Um, Probably Cathedral Prep. I got um, my first varsity interception, and I took it to the house. <laughs> and uh, I got That had to be an amazing feeling. Yeah. I almost got caught, though. (laughs) 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 That would have been bad, and your teammates would have never uh, let you live it down. Not against Cathedral Prep. It would nothing to be ashamed of. They are good. But, I mean, just that that feeling, like when you picked it off and you're going, you're like, I'm sure you were giggling all the way. (laughs) (laughs) I was huffing and puffing just trying to get to the end zone. (laughs) Oh, please please let me get there. Let me get there. What uh, I mean, obviously now you transition. You're playing running back. That's a whole different uh, ball game. Now your your vision has to be there. Knowing uh, a whole new way of playing football. How was that for you? That transition going into the backfield. Um, at first it was a little difficult, just uh, just taking hits. But um, once I found out I could run people over and 
<laughs> it hurt him. It was fine. <laughs> so you're the type of back that you'd rather go through somebody than juke them. Yeah. Oh, I like Frust- that. Frustratingly so, Tony. Because <laughs> if he just, you know, make a couple more people miss, he would have had a lot more yards. But uh, he's a collision player for sure. <laughs> uh, what are your plans after high school? Um, either go to UB or for, me- for mechanical engineering or, um, or a few schools in Pittsburgh I'm looking at. Did you want to continue to play football or yeah. is academics more your focus? Um, I want to continue to play football, but um, I'm looking for academics more. Has anybody contacted you, or have you, uh, you know, received any looks? Um, yeah, a few D two schools and uh, a few D three schools I talked to. What's the process like? I mean, you get contacted. What what happens? Um, they send you a letter. They call you. Sometimes they come visit the school. They uh, fill out sheets, and uh, you just contact them through text messages or um, social media. Yeah, it's a lot of social media more so than ever. And, you know, it's a long process. All these guys are still kind of in the process, you know, and, and especially any Division two or three players, they may not even have a decision until, you know, March or, or April even. It all depends on the financial aid and the different packages and getting on some campuses, doing visits, meeting the coaches, you know, getting a feel for the different schools and programs. So it, it's, a, it's a long process, the whole recruiting. How thing. much do you get involved as far as uh, – lining them up or making sure that it's the right fit for them and that somebody's not just blowing uh, snow at them. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, we take care of these guys on and off the field. We're part of the process with them every every step of the way. And, you know, the coaches that we set up to come in and visit and the campus visits they go on. And, you know, Coach Hopkins does a, does a lot for us behind the scenes with that, with the NCAA clearinghouse, just making sure all their academics and things are, you know, where they need to be so they qualify for scholarships and things like that. So it's a really long process. And, you know, we kind of help, you know, with it's the parents and, and the athlete and the coaches. And, and we meet and come up with a plan and, and kind of work that plan until we, you know, get them placed in the best possible situation. Do you sit down with, with, with the players maybe before the season and talk about how the, you know, if you feel somebody has a shot to being looked at, you know, they could, they could be a sophomore, junior, whatever. Do you sit them down and say, okay, this is what the process is going to be like. This is what to expect. Yeah, I mean, as part of our camp every year, we do some, you know, we talk about the media and how to talk on, on camera when you get interviewed. We talk about the NCAA recruiting process. We have parents come in and we do a seminar uh, with, with local coaches and our guidance department to kind of make sure everybody's on the same page as far as, you know, that process goes. And then within our football program, I do exit and entrance meetings with everybody each year. In August, I have a one-on-one meeting with each player just to review the summer and how their training and their work was and what they need to do to be on the field and what we're looking for. And then obviously after the season to talk to seniors about college and recruiting and then underclassmen about what they need to do maybe in the off season, the weight room to make sure that, you know, they stay on track and do the things they want to do. Uh, quickly, uh, are you guys done with school classes for the Christmas yet? Because I got a, a little birdie told me that a uh, gentleman to my right might not be in school this week. Uh, any truth to that rumor? Uh, uh, Blake, could you tell us real quick what you, where you're going to be this week? I'm actually going to be headed down to Dallas, Texas for an All-American game. It's called the Blue-Gray All-American game. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. That's awesome. That's got to be an incredible experience. Yeah, it's awesome. But, you know, at the end of the day, I never could have done it without the coaches here. Um, you know, when I say they prepare you for the next level of Canisius, it's, it's the real deal. Um, you know, they're always, you know, paying attention to you, you know, what you do in the off season, in season, giving you advice constantly throughout the year. So it's just, it was great to be, you know, a part of a you know, team this year that had a great attitude towards the season, finished with the state championship. And I trust that the people at Canisius have taken care of the fact that, uh, 
Brooke, with her rental car, will be allowed to park in Jerry Jones's parking space, I hope. Let's not go there. All right, Coach Robin, thank you so much for coming in. It's always a pleasure to see you, hang out and talk football with you. I get such a kick out of it. Congratulations, guys, on an outstanding season, on your championship, and best of luck throughout your careers. Uh, Bryce, thank you for all the work that you do in helping this out. And I'm sure that when you sat them down, you said, look, our goal is to be on inside high school sports by the end of the year. That's what our goal is. That's what we're aiming for. You know, there was a Monsignor Martin championship and a state championship, some things on there. But, yeah, I think somewhere, I think that was somewhere on the list for sure. All right. <laughs> All right, we're off next week. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you on the 31st as we talk girls' hoops. Thanks to Raj, Frank, and Nate. We'll talk to you next week. I mean two weeks. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.